final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Listen to Jen Psaki, the chief propagandist, circling back and attacking Trump for his comments on Vladimir. Listen to what Jen Psaki says. Does the White House have any reaction to former President Trump calling Putin's move yesterday genius and smart? Well, as a matter of policy, uh, we try not to take advice uh, from anyone who praises President Putin and his military strategy, which I believe is what happened there. So uh, there's a bit of a different tactic, a bit of a different approach, and that's probably why President Biden and not his predecessor was able to rally the world and the global community in taking steps against, uh, against Russia's aggression. None of this would have happened had Joe kept Donald Trump's economic and energy policies. None of it. I mean, this is utter madness. We had a record of of illegal immigrants entering the country because Joe Biden abandoned Trump's secure borders and instead instituted process and release. He couldn't even have enough tests available going into the third year of our pandemic around Christmas. We were running out of covid tests, running out of monoclonal antibodies. He's never warp speeded the production of these antivirals that so many doctors talk about. All of this is preventable. You know, we, we wouldn't be paying a buck 50 more a gallon. We would still be energy independent. We'd still be a net exporter of energy. You know, Vladimir Putin would have to think twice knowing that America could meet the, the needs of our Western European and NATO allies energy wise Uh, And they wouldn't need Vladimir Putin. Instead, what does Joe do? He cuts production all across the board. And what's the net result of that? The predictable result. Oh, he takes our allies and he pushes them right into the arms of Vladimir Putin because they need his energy because it is the lifeblood of their economy. And then every time he talks, he makes it worse because Joe Biden is looking at a, well, a cognitive mess, a mumbling, bumbling idiot And there's nothing he's going to do that's going to in any way stop this aggression. Remember, it was Joe Biden that blocked the Keystone XL pipeline. It was Joe Biden that stopped new drilling efforts in Alaska, not just Anwar, but in other places in Alaska, put all of it on a permanent hold. Joe Biden disrupted new exploration and development auctions for the entire country. Joe Biden capitulating to the new Green Deal climate change cult caucus known as the democratic socialist party but he suspended new exploration on federal lands he hurt the american liquefied natural gas production by lifting sanctions on nord stream 2 he helped make russia rich again he pushed our allies our nato allies and our western european allies right into the arms of vladimir putin because of his utter dependence and capitulation to the most radical wing of this new new radical new green deal democratic socialist party it's insane match slap by the way he's come out with a new book he's a friend of the program the desecrators defeating the cancel culture mob reclaiming one nation under god he's also well known as the organizer of cpac uh, uh is back on the program matt always good to have you congrats on the book we put it up on a- it's up on amazon.com bookstores everywhere and and we put it on hannity.com how are you thanks sean i appreciate your all, all your help with the book because i think you know we wrote the book because i just can't believe what i'm seeing and what we're experiencing as a country is i never would have predicted any of this you're right the enemy is no longer hidden in the dark but instead operate operates in broad daylight 
It's attacks on Americans are clear. It's intensifying. Cancel culture, wokeness, public shaming, urban violence, uh, critical race theory. The enemy also seeks to undermine the sacredness of human life, fails to provide uh, basic protection for the lives of the unborn. And then I would add to that everything I said about the border, the socialist economic policies, giving up energy independence, uh, horrible COVID management. More people died in 2021 than 2020, and I can keep going. Yeah, and the assault on our children. You know, we're the only country on the face of the globe that is teaching their children in our schools to hate their own country, to think that it's so systematically racist that uh, it's irredeemable, to quote uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, you think about all this and you can't believe it. I said the other day uh, on, a, on a podcast that, I, I don't even use the word conservative. Uh, I'm an American who loves our founding and loves our founding principles. Even though it's been an imperfect country, it's the greatest country on the face of the globe. And I'm not just saying that to, to wave a patriotic flag. I, I, you know, freedom will die on this globe without America. And by the way, you were talking about American energy. That's the lifeblood of the whole thing. Uh, you know, if they cut off our ability to be independent uh, from an energy perspective. It doesn't just hurt America and its economy, and it hurts all freedom-loving people. We've done nothing but empower China and Russia with our fossil fuel policy, the Biden's stifling of our fossil fuels. You know, it's, it, if, if you want to help NATO and Western Europe, it's not that complicated. I had Rick Perry on Hannity last night, former energy secretary, former governor of Texas, smart guy, good friend of mine, and we have more oil, more gas, more energy than all of these other countries combined. And by Joe Biden artificially reducing the world supply of energy, he single-handedly, while, while demand remains consistent, he single-handedly himself has pushed prices up, it's impacted inflation, and now it's impacting world security, our own security even, and certainly our allies' security. No, that's completely right. And, you know, their, their ideology is, to, to prevent people from riding, you know, filling up their trucks and driving around or their minivans or their delivery vehicles because they think that that harms our environment through climate change. And what they're really doing is, you know, making it impossible for uh, an average working family or working man or working woman to do what it takes to put uh, to pay their bills and put food on the table. By the way, when energy prices go up, the thing that follows it immediately are food prices. So this whole supply chain disruption, which started with a lot of stupid policies like mandates, um, is being exacerbated by every uh, simple thing they do. But the book goes into the fact that behind all of this are these uh, agitators on the left, these Marxists, who actually don't agree with the idea of America, which is why I say I've kind of chucked this idea of, yes, I chair the CPAC and the American Conservative Union. Being a conservative is an important thing. But the battle line is different now. Now it's just about, can we even all agree that America is worth defending and that her children are worth educating uh, in a proper way and that her parents aren't domestic terrorists and that our founders don't need to be smeared with blood and ripped down, but they need to be, their lessons need to be taught once again in our schools. I think a winning message, and I think we saw this play out in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin's campaign, is schools and what our kids are being taught, uh, not looking at parents' involvement in their children's education as potentially being domestic terrorism. Um, I think the idea of school choice is something every conservative 
and Republican ought to embrace and own. I think law and order and safety and security ought to be another thing they ought to own. Lower taxes, secure borders, energy independence, peace through strength. Um, These are simple, basic principles of conservatism. And if they achieve those promises, make those promises, fulfill those promises, they can be in power for as long as they want. Yeah, so Republicans are on the verge of a big victory in November. And I think a lot of activists that are at CPAC are worried that the Republican Party, once it has majorities, will do that same careful, you know, biting their nails, nervous approach to standing up bravely for what we think. We also have people that say, like these never-Trumpers who are going to gather opposite CPAC in the swamp, the Liz Cheney crowd, and say, yeah, but we're, you're just against Biden. You don't have a vigorous agenda. I think what you just described, Sean, is our agenda. There are those Trump policies. They were wildly popular. Even when people were opposed to them, they eventually realized they were working. It's undeniable that it helped people at the beginning rung in our economy. And we got we to gotta package those up and go sell those, and then we got to implement them when we get power. Look at the polls. you got a, a new poll, a dramatic shift. And Democrats used to hold a pretty wide advantage uh, in terms of voting with Hispanic Americans when you break things down demographically. Now we have a poll out showing that, in fact, uh, Democrats and Republicans have pretty much reached parity on, on, in that demographic. 538 is pointing out Democrats' support for Biden is evaporating. That, that's his own party. That's never good. Inflation, by far the biggest concern by independents in this country. Michael Bloomberg is warning of a midterm wipeout for the Democratic Party. We have an Emerson poll, Biden 42 percent approval, and the GOP has a nine-point lead in the generic congressional ballot numbers. And, you know, add all of that, and you can see that things are are shifting and shifting dramatically, and, and none of it surprises me because I can't name one thing he's done successfully. Well, neither can 60% of the American people, which is an enduring poll number. And, you know, I I look at uh, a couple of indicators. The first thing is you're right about Hispanics. This is the third major poll that shows that Hispanics are breaking about evenly between Democrats and Republicans. So I ask you, Sean, you know, I'm married to Mercy, a Latina, and and her big, wonderful family, which I love almost all the time. Um, they, uh, they'll all be, you're, you're going to get, in, um, by the way, I'm on her side on this. You're going to get in so much trouble for that comment. And, uh, and she, and, and absolutely she got the worst part of this deal with you. So you should be very grateful. Only the people that really know me, how raw deal she really got, but uh, her family will <laughs> be true. descending upon me here in Orlando. And the fact is, is this, you know, this whole black lives matter incorporated, a desire by funded by white liberals to destroy our racial harmony in this country and to make the Republican Party the racist party, even though it was the Republican Party that was founded to fight to end slavery and give full civil rights, including voting rights to black people. The voter ID was the black person's friend, and they've tried to turn that into uh, racism. But what are we seeing in these polls amongst people of color, Hispanics, blacks? They're turning our way. They don't actually buy this idea that the Republican Party is the racist party because they've actually experienced our our policies and it worked better for them. This this Democratic coalition is on the verge of unraveling. All right, quick break. We'll come right back. Uh, more with Matt Schlapp. His new book is out, The Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob, Reclaiming One Nation Under God. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Matt Schlapp, the organizer of CPAC, is with us. His new book is out. 
and in bookstores everywhere, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, The Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob, Reclaiming One Nation Under God. By the way, I do need to make a note. Uh, as usual, and I've been to so many CPACs, and, and you have reinvigorated the entire conference and done an amazing job. And I was scheduled to be on the schedule this year. There was a scheduling change, and then the other... The other invitations you you very generously made to me, unfortunately, I had other commitments, so I won't make it this year, but uh, it's nobody's fault. And I I just wanted to acknowledge and appreciate your generous invitation every year, and I love being there, as you know. Well, what happened, Sean, is you don't realize this, but I'll say it live. Uh, They thought you were going to be the major speaker at our Ronald Reagan dinner, which we have every year. Why are you giving away the details? I was trying to be obscure, but go ahead. Do what you want. (laughs) Uh, Well, because I have something to tell you. Because they thought you were the speaker, we sold more tickets than in the history of CPAC. In the last 50 years, that dinner is completely sold out. Now we do have some good speakers there, so... Uh, you didn't leave us in the lurch. You okay, never now now you can make the announcement who's really taking my place, and I'll be fine <laughs> with it. It's uh, going to be Glenn Beck and Tulsi Gabbard, which is going to be a great one-two punch. Right, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but but I only because of the scheduling conflict, um, and, and I love what you do. Any predictions on the straw poll uh, this year? You Trump know, usually runs away one- with it. Yeah, it's, it's the one thing everyone's uh, predicting. We'll probably do one in Dallas as well. I think uh, the, the hometown boy, Ron DeSantis, will probably do well in the straw poll because, uh, you know, let's face it, let's give him his due. He's made every right move on all these big questions, and he's been he's led the way as the, as the governor of Florida, kind of a nation's governor. Isn't it amazing the, be- the bench that Republicans have, um, DeSantis, you know, Abbott, Christie Nome. I mean, all these great governors, um, it's, all these great senators, Ted Cruz. I mean, I, I, I'm going to forget people and I don't want to do that. But and then you look at the Democrats. What's their bench? Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Hillary Clinton. Well, they have a lot of plus 85 year olds. They're, they're really doing well in that <laughs> uh, in that department. We have one panel at CPAC when we talk about who's going to be the Democratic nominee in 2022. We call it put him to bed. 2024. Uh, 2024, sorry. Put him him to bed, lock her up, and send her to the border. Their options are slim, Sean. Well, listen, I I think that that we've got a first win this year, and then 2024 hopefully takes care of itself. Unfortunately, there's not a single accomplishment we can point to as it relates to Biden, but uh, Matt, I look forward to uh, being back with you soon. Uh, congrats on the book. It's called The Thanks. Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob, Reclaiming One Nation Under God. Uh, it's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, Hannity.com. Matt, love you. It's my best to Mercy and the kids, and we appreciate you always being with us. Keep up the fight, Sean. Thank you. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the uh, program. Um, by the way, we I've got to get an update. I just, I've been working so hard. I, I thought I might take an extra day or two, and that didn't happen uh, with all the news developing, um, which drives Linda crazy. Because whenever I go plan a day off, something happens and I come in. Uh, but anyway, Linda did get away. And I, th- this, this I have not gotten the details of this. And maybe I need to call, uh, well, certain people that you were with and ask them what really happened and what the real reaction was to you in, you want to tell everybody what state you went to? I went to Montana. 
Have you ever been to Montana before, except maybe on like a Hannity stop? I no, I, it's actually the one part of the country that I've always wanted to go to. I've never been there. It's beautiful, and um, it was absolutely just absolutely beautiful. And um, what part of Montana? So I was in Darby. So we flew mm-hmm. into Missoula, and then we drove uh, about ninety minutes, two hours to Darby. Okay, and stayed at an awesome um, ranch. Stunning. It's beautiful. How many acres? And oh God, I don't know. I'm so directionally challenged. I have no idea. I don't Were know. Were there anything. live animals in the backyard? Oh yeah, they had um, they had uh, buffalo. They had uh, wow. they had um, uh, elk. Give me a home with a buffalo room. All right. It's it's what else? Did they have elk? Did they what else? They had elk. They had um, she- sheep horns or sheep. I don't know. Some <laughs> kind of some kind of sheep. I don't know. <laughs> We so, were supposed to see them. We went to the mountains, but now, were you I, we the only guest at the ranch, or were there? Oh other gosh, guests no, at the ranch? no, no, oh, no. So there's plenty a, of guests there. It's like a resort, okay? Yeah, so it's, it's now when people start. You know, people are very friendly out there, so I'm sure they said. First of all, Hello. I cannot express to you how kind people are. It's actually a little bit um, shocking. It's difficult. It's difficult coming oh, it's from like the East Coast. When I first moved to Alabama, I went to oh. Alabama and. How you doing? Uh, yeah, give me three of those. I'm, yeah, two more. Come on, th- hurry up. And my accent was thick as yours. Yeah, and, I mean, and and the, then the lady would say, "Now you come up. I hope you all come back and see us real soon, please." And I so the, and say, the I'll tell huh? you the expression they had there that was really cute was heck yeah, oh yeah, heck yeah, oh heck yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like if they they said that they meant it like. All right, so when they heard you, first of all, can I? Can I have coffee with a little extra? And meanwhile, <laughs> first like, of all, probably- the coffee was phenomenal, so I was thrilled. Right. Um, and I did. Uh, but you know, when you it's- ordered, you didn't order at the normal pacing of the average person in Montana. It's like, yeah, I'll take uh, two eggs, coffee. Uh, no, actually, I like my kale shake, and and I like it this way. Wait, and, don't, and do not put any sugar or any you know any artificial anything in there. No dairy at all. No, uh, listen. At- I, I love I love my latte so I'm all I'm all good with So the how dairy. much shock and awe was there did they look at you like oh my you know goodness or what You know I I think what happens is you know I basically was in a place where I I was really try, I was really trying to decompress I was and um <laughs> And your and, level of decompression is a thousand times faster than their. Well, their, their l- let's be their fair. Considering considering that I talked to you for the entire time that I was there working, uh, and that yeah, I, I worked. I know it annoyed you. I could tell. It, mm-hmm. It's it's an understatement. Um, but I I worked most of that time, and it's fine. It works. It some is what of it, it is. Not uh, all of it. I would say a lot of it, but. Um, but all of that to say, the time that I did have there when I was able to, you know, sort of taken it like, you know, we went and saw the mountains <laughs> and we saw the scenic overlook and, you know, they have these beautiful uh, ponderosa trees. So like when you walk outside. No, I'm, I'm it, not interested in the fact that you love. No, the, wait, the I need to tell you something. I need to tell you this because this yeah. is going to blow your mind. So the ponderosa trees that have red bark and you go near them and everything smells amazing. So I'm with this guy, Dakota. And he was amazing. And he took us on this scenic drive and he's showing us, I mean, he's an avid hunter. So he's talking about all these things that I'm just like, I'm disgusted by it all. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, why hire assassins? And it's called, you know, supermarkets. And, you know, and he starts laughing anyway. So, but he's telling me, go up to the tree and smell it. It smells like vanilla. 
It's a natural fire retardant. And he said, you know, the acorns that drop on the ground can withstand up to 400 degrees. And I was like, what? It was like mind blowing the things that I was learning, you know. So he's got me up at this tree and I'm smelling the bark. And I'm like, this is he just looks at me. He's like, can I take a picture of you doing that? Because you're like inside the bark. I was like, well, I'm just curious if you were telling me the truth or not. And you are. So thank you very much. But I mean, it's like incredible. The whole place was beautiful. Montana is stunning. I had no idea the place we were at. They actually filmed episodes of the show Yellowstone that everybody talks about, which oh I've gosh. never seen. You, 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 wait, you have not watched Yellowstone? No, I've never seen it. And everyone oh. that I said that to was like, oh, what do you, you mean? have never to seen watch Yellowstone. It. I've just I never seen it. I can't believe we've never talked about this. Never. Here's, I've never but, seen but it. But I know nothing about it. that I want. For example, so he must have like looked at you and said, man, the, the, this, this, this girl from New York is out of her mind. <laughs> I mean, that had to happen. There had to be a moment. I'm it was thinking. very funny. He said, he said to me, he goes, man, you talk really fast. And I was like, you think so? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And he was, it's funny. He, the guy was originally from Florida and then he moved to Montana and um, he was a Cuban. He was originally Cuban. So he got onto politics and he was all, you know, totally against Joe right. Biden, totally against Did everything Did you tell him you work for the show? I told him, we started talking and he goes, well, my ride just got a lot more interesting. And so we started talking all about politics and right. um, he was a great, he was actually, he got married yesterday. But um, he got married yesterday. Yeah, that guy got married yesterday. Dakota is married on a Tuesday. How do, how do you I, get people in Montana? Tuesday? I don't know. He was building his own arch. He was serving elk. I don't know. It was all kinds of things that I, I knew Did you try about, any? Well, you don't, you know, you just, I, that's a dumb question. I, I tried some things. I mean, I didn't what? try any meats or anything. You know, yeah. um, my boyfriend had, uh, he had, he had elk. He tried it. He said it was really good. I need and, to put uh, him on to get the real story. <laughs> I'm not getting the real story. I'm getting that. No, half. but it was good. I, I went snowmobiling. Blah, blah, I did. Blah. I went snowmobiling. I almost crashed the snowmobile three times. Oh, um, and the instructor was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you know where the brake is? I'm like, on the left. And so he looks at me and he's like, you've you got to slow down. You, I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. I, you know, you told me to do this. I did this. a little snowmobiling you know? accident once when I was maybe did you? nine years old in the Poconos. Oh. Yeah, uh, well, I'd rather not. I'm go a grown up, so they were a little more serious about it. I wasn't trying to do it, but you know, I was, whatever. But the I, snow is crazy. Tons of snow. I, it's just, it's, I love. I I skied right on the edge of safety, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I used to snowmobile right on the edge of safety. I just pushed it to the limit. Yeah, I don't ski. Time. I fall. I'm a really good faller. I fall at all times. Um, well, I would say skiing is not my well, forte. My, um, I love the snow. I can't ski like I used to. I'm so depressed about it. Right, yeah, let's get I know, to some man. calls. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time when you when were off. Thank um, you. But when the world is on the verge of war, this is what I do. I have to do my job. Um, and it, it is hard on my staff because, you know what, when I say, okay, we're doing this, this, and this, and everybody has plans, I'm sure everyone wants to shoot me. But you know what? I'm looking and reading the news, and I said these are the conditions that I would need to come in, and unfortunately they hit. Um, Barbara's in Maryland. Barbara, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Thanks so much for taking my call. Thank you for calling. What's how going on? How are you today? I'm good. Thank well, you. Well, I called you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I called uh, a little different subject. I called about Bob Beckel. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember <laughs> back in <laughs> 2016. You and Bob Beckel going at it. Do you remember, Sean, when he said Hillary would crush Trump? Yeah, of course. We used to argue about it like every second I saw him. Yeah. (laughs) 
you know, I thought about him, uh, you know, and, and when I heard that he passed away, you know, uh, I remember having my, I used to have this, uh, this uh, sponge brick that had Obama's name on it that I would throw at the television. There was so many times <laughs> I would throw it. I would throw it uh, at, Bob? at Bob. Yeah. Yes. 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 Here's the but, thing about Bob. Bob was I know the most. That you loved him, and he was a good friend of yours. Man, I, I, everyone thought I was kidding when I said he did have a key to my house. I mean, and I he you. spent many, many for a long time weekends always at my house, whether I was there or not at there. It didn't matter. And you know, he did the craziest stuff. He'd be up at six. You know, my kids would be going to school, and he's out on the front, front porch smoking a cigar, smoking cigars. And and it was. <laughs> I'll tell you cigar. one great Bob Beckle story. So Bob Beckel had the curse jar. They actually showed it. They did a beautiful tribute to him on the five yesterday. And they showed the, the, whenever he would curse on air, he'd have to put money in the jar because he couldn't control himself. I remember that. All right. So I remember that. Anyway, our boss at the time was Roger Ells, who created Fox and hired me back in 1996 and changed my life. Uh, And anyway, so Roger he he dropped an f bomb on the air, and that night he was on my show. When he had just gotten out of the boss's office, told that's got to stop. We can't have this on the air. And Bob comes on my show that night. I get him riled up. He dropped another one on the air, uh, or it was bad. Whatever I think it was the f bomb, and he literally. You know, at the, uh, he was in the green room after the show. And I'm like, what? what? Did you not hear a word of what was said to you today? Are you out of your mind? And I could see the tears were welling up in his eyes. He didn't mean to do it. It just was, you know, he was older, old school, you know, grew up kind of a tough kid in the streets, a fighter, street fighter. And it was more his way. And so I tried to get ahead of it. And <laughs> I made a phone call told the boss what had happened, and I said he's very upset. He thinks he's getting fired. And in a very, very unique, funny way, all right, tell the bleeping, bleeping, bleeping idiot that I'm not going to fire him yet, but he needs to stop it. And I was able to tell Bob, who thought he was fired, that he's not getting fired that day. But, I mean, he was just a character. He Before every show on The Five, um, he would sit outside and even after the five, I'd, I'd walk over from radio and he'd be sitting outside the Fox news channel building. He'd be smoking his cigars and talk to everybody. Everybody would stop and say, Hey Bob, what's up, Bob? Uncle Bob was sitting out there smoke. He smoked these little cigars, baby cigars in between shows or whatever, in between TV hits. And he'd just sit there and he'd, he'd chat with anybody and he'd do it for hours. And he was just a character and he's full of life. He had his personal demons, but uh, there was a period in his life, maybe, I don't know, 15 or whatever years. I talked to Cal Thomas today. Cal Thomas actually was very instrumental in bringing him to, to religion and God and Jesus and changing his life. And And there was a good 15-year period where Bob Beckel spent sober and, and helping addicts, doing interventions. I mean, he told these crazy stories that he used to do. Um he just was a guy that he, yeah, he had his personal issues, demons, et cetera, whatever. But he was also a guy that just had a heart of gold. 
And he really, in the, in the last years of his life, when we would talk, we talked a lot more about God and about faith and reflected deeply on his life and, and things that, that, that he lived through and uh, what he loved about his life and what he would have changed about his life. Very, very introspective, reflective, honest as usual. With Bob, everything was honest. But you're very kind. Um, I miss him already. I, you know, when I told my kids, they were they were pretty upset because he was Uncle Bob to them. He was crazy Uncle Bob to them, and they they uh, they, they miss him. I wanted so. to express my condolences um, about him. I haven't heard a whole lot uh, being said about Bob. Uh, you know, other than the five did a beautiful tribute to him yesterday. Yeah, he um, and I didn't talk about it much that that he would come over and stay here. And to be honest, it got to a point, Linda, you might remember this when he wouldn't come over. I would start worrying about him. I was like, okay, why is he? Why are you not here? I'm telling you, I Bob was Bob was one of the first people I ever booked on the show. Right. And when I started and he was such a ball breaker, so funny. And he used to come in and he'd go, chin up, kid. It's not that bad. It's just the world breaking around us. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, he, You know, I will say this. Living life, there's something to be said for it. Good, bad, and different. Just getting up every day and having the energy that he had and the passion that he had. And it was a blessing and a curse to him because I think in many ways the switch would never go off. And, and he needed that constant constant adrenaline and but um godspeed bob we'll we'll all be seeing you soon because that's where we're all headed anyway 800-941 sean is our number you want to be a part of the program i remember praying for his, his two kids and i've had good conversations with his son his son is a great kid alex and the family's amazing and they're heartbroken please keep him in your prayers All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, We got a great full Hannity tonight. Apparently, the world on alert. We're told that an attack on Ukraine is imminent. And if that breaks, we'll have all the coverage live tonight. Hannity, Fox News, Peter Ducey, Lucas Tomlinson in Ukraine, Jennifer Griffin, uh, Vice President Mike Pence will get his take on this situation. Christy Nome, Sarah Carter with the truckers in California, Ari Fleischer, Kellyanne Conway. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you then back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible.